Well, the virus has now killed more than 100 people in China, and new cases have been confirmed around the world. So you don't want to frighten the American public. France and South Korea have also got evacuation plans. Which you need to prepare for and assume. Strongly warning Americans to avoid all non-essential travel to China. That this is going to be a real serious problem. France, Australia, Canada, the US, Singapore, Cambodia, Vietnam, the list goes on. Health officials are investigating more than 100 possible cases in the US. Germany, a man has uh, contracted the virus. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. Japan, where a bus driver uh, contracted the virus. Coronavirus has killed more than 100 people there and infected more than 4,500. We have to prepare for the worst, always, because if you don't and the worst happens. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is Jack Maxey. Today is Thursday, July 30th, the year of our Lord 2020. This is episode 308 of War Room Pandemic. We've got a fantastic lineup here, and I'm going to hand it over to Stephen K. Bannon. There are years in which nothing happens, and then there's weeks in which years happen. We're living in this time. I think it's the 30th of July today. Think how much has happened since uh, Wuhan went into quarantine, I think on the 23rd of January. These are the most tumultuous times in modern American history. Today, we've announced the largest drop in GDP in the nation's history. Another 1.4 million people uh, applied for unemployment insurance. Uh, very, we're up on Capitol Hill negotiating one, two, three, four trillion dollars of relief. Also, we're hitting uh, the, the bazooka we've hit on the Federal Reserve, what, three, four, five, six trillion dollars. We have no earthy idea where the balance sheet of the Fed's gonna be. We have no earthy idea where the dollar's gonna be. Now's the time every listener, every viewer of this show has to start thinking about precious metals as part of your portfolio. The guys to talk to is Birch Gold. Whether it's your IRA, 401k, any aspect of precious metals, now's the time you need to talk to people. They've got a 20-page report. Go to Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, 474747. They've got a 20-page report for you to go through to start to get your sea legs in thinking about precious metal. Remember, if you're thinking about gold, think of Birch Gold, best in the business. Very proud to have him as a sponsor. And the timing couldn't be better. I don't wanna say there's a direct correlation between Birch Gold becoming a sponsor and gold being on fire, getting close to all-time highs. But this is a fourth turning. We've only started this turbulence. I wanna go now, we got Dr. Yan Luda. We got some uh, great uh, uh, patriots uh, that have left China to confront the CCP. But this is a global conflict and it affects the American people. People go banner all the time. Why are you so focused on China? Because it is the Chinese Communist Party that is the business partner of the party of Davos. This whole effort of the managed decline of the Western elites is because they have a business partner. And that business partner, they use the slave labor of the Chinese people. I think what is most moving in today's broadcast of all the great guests we've had on Congressman Gates, David Rifkin, Jack Maxey, is that voice of Lao Beijing that, 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 that put up on a live stream or was in hashtag war and pandemic, the most powerful audience in the world because it combines the deplorables with old hundred names to form a unified front against this totalitarian dictatorship. Jack, what did they say earlier? That, that, read read that, that quote. That quote is so powerful that an audience member can pick it up 
in our first segment when we were talking to David Rifkin. What well, was a caution? It said, don't you understand that backing down to Antifa is the same as backing down to the CCP? They both share the same objectives, the destruction of your country. It's, uh, this is I want to trust to Luda. I know we got to do translation in Chinese and Dr. Yan, but before we get into the hydroxy and all her expertise, this fight, this fight we've got in the United States today to protect the rule of law as symbolized in this federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon. How does it strike you as, a, as individuals that come from a country where you don't have the rule of law? I mean, one of the reasons I dedicate so much of my time to the rule of law society, it's one of the underlying principles of the new federal state of China and the Chinese people. What they want is the rule of law. This is what Western civilization has fought literally um, millennia for over and over again. And now the Chinese people yearn for it, yet it's under attack in the United States directly by these Antifa revolutionaries. So, Luda, I want to ask you, how, how do you perceive this this attack on the rule of law in the United States? Uh,胡德先生,那个半路先想问一下,你是怎么看待这个,呃,安迪法这种行动,然后他们对于你这样生活在中国的人怎么看待他对这个,呃,路奥法法治行,呃,法治社会这种角色的,呃,摧毁,
No, when evidence comes up, if it does, and Mark, it might, if evidence comes up in a trial that under certain circumstances, maybe early disease, I don't know, in certain circumstances, if evidence comes up in a well-controlled, placebo-controlled trial that any drug, including hydroxychloroquine, works, I would be the first one to admit it. Yeah, I mean, Steve, this is just a guy so who's Jack, talking I, I just want. Go ahead, sorry, mate. Okay, but Jack, I want you I want you to go through and refute that. He said if there's anything talk about what we had on this past week with these doctors out of four out of the Ford Medical Facility, you know, Dr. O'Neill, uh, the doctors from Yale and Johns Hopkins. Talk about what's the, what's the evidentiary uh, basis for that hydroxy in certain situations is good. Walk through it. Well, for example, we just had a study at the published in early July from the Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. This was a massive study. This was done by Dr. O'Neill, a man of unimpeachable credibility inside his field. And they found a 51% reduction in mortalities. And Steve, as we go forward and we start looking at the tape of this drug around the world, we consistently see the countries where this is being distributed widely, both used prophylactically and as an early treatment, that their death rates are much lower than anywhere else in the world. We've seen a dramatic turnaround in, in Ecuador, for example, where they were having 460 deaths a day reduced to zero in one month when they started passing out hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and a dewormer that's popular in Latin America, but is very similar to ivermectin, which we also know has a significant antiviral property. This, I believe, is unquestionable, and I think that you're looking at Fauci now trying to create caveats for when the truth catches up with him. Well, if it is proven, if this is the case, we know for a fact that, that there is a lot of pressure behind the scenes with the FDA, and unfortunately, we still have not heard a definitive answer to the multiple requests from doctors around the country seeking a lift on this FDA exclusion, keeping the drug out of the hands of doctors around the country. We've got 42 different governors who are opposed to this. This is an unprecedented example of politicians stepping into the breach between a doctor and their patient. We have had it pounded into us for over 50 years that that doctor-patient relationship is something that is equivalent to that between a priest and a supplicant and that there should be no interference in this. And I find it to be absolutely uh, almost something that I can't even conceive, this anger about this drug that is otherwise fairly benign, but in this case could potentially save let's, let's, thousands of lives, as Dr. Rich said last week. Let's bring in Dr. Let's, let's, bring, let's bring in Dr. Yan and get her, get her thoughts on, uh, about China, about its use there and how effective it's been. Well, Dr. Yan, you and I spoke the other day, for example, on an anecdotal basis. This is not going to meet Fauci's double-blind test. But you had a rationale for why it seems to be that none of the CCP leadership seems to have gotten sick with the COVID-19, whereas we've just lost Herman Cain uh, just this morning. Do you have any insight as to why that may be? Actually, hydroxychloroquine 
Of course, it's not a magic drug. There is no magic drug in the world. But in such urgent situation, when we face to the global public health crisis, we should consider the situation and try to find a comparable, useful, and effective drug to save people's life. And as I said before, there are no CCP high-level officers, and including our chairman, our vice chairman, all these people, they don't get infected. And also, as our intelligence shows in the military hospital and in some big hospital, the doctors also take this drug that's why they can get protected. And also from my uh, medical experience, and I can tell you, uh, as Dr. Stella has shown that, there, these people show their urine test to the public shows they haven't taken any uh, hydroxychloroquine. This is the drug at this moment can save thousands of thousands of lives. Why there are such big obstacles to stop using it? Okay, let me talk back about the mechanism of, of HCQ. I'm sure Dr. Fauci, uh, he is a medical doctor. He has known that since back to 2005, this drug has been used to show as effective for anti-SARS. Then we talk about the enhanced version of SARS-CoV-2 as SARS, big SARS version. Why you cannot use it to prevent it? And also anti-malaria uh, treatment and also prevention has shown that HCQ is a long-term use the safe drug, uh, even for pregnant lady and the children for long-term use. Just consider the safe dose. Of course, Dr. Fauci has talked about the evidence. Let's talk about scientific evidence from the mechanism to anti-cytokine uh, storm and also prevention to uh, how these drugs can be applied as a safe drug for long-term use. And if you come back to check the uh, clinical data have been shown to prove HCQ or against HCQ, as a doctor, as a scientist, it's not difficult for people to realize which side has better scientific quality. Definitely, those papers come from some non-professional people's company with thousands of clinical data are totally fake. And let's talk about scientific evidence. Let's face to this problem to save people's life, to take HCQ carefully uh, in a very important role. And I can tell you for myself, I take it as prevention every day now. And I can tell you as myself, I've been <laughs> doing that since February 2. So have my 85-year-old parents, who my mother now says she's never going to stop taking it because her rheumatoid arthritis has been cured. But this is something that is just unbelievable to me, and we've seen this around the world, this idea that this has uh, problems with the heart, that it causes toxicity. But the World Health Organization, we've covered this before, did a study in 2017 that looked at almost 5 million courses of this dosage in Africa and could find almost no mortality. All drug all has side effect. All drug has side effect. You cannot find the drug without side effect. Even water has side effect. Okay, listen, guys, we are going to break here in just a minute, but she's absolutely right. I can guarantee you more people die from liver problems from Tylenol every year in America than from hydroxychloroquine, and you can buy that at the hardware store. We'll be back in a minute. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room, July 30th, Year of Our Lord 2020, Episode 308. We are talking hydroxychloroquine. We are here with Dr. Jan. 
and she's going to give us an update again on how this is being used in China, other areas of Asia, and around the world. Back to you, Steve. Yeah, we live in turbulent times. You can see today from today's economic announcement, uh, the turbulent times we live in. It's going to take us a long time to get through this. Who's going to lead us through is the entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs need NetSuite by Oracle. It's the tool you need in your toolbox. Go to netsuite.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N today to get your seven action steps every entrepreneur needs to take during this period of time. netsuite.com slash Bannon. Get your guided tour of the NetSuite software. Jack, uh, one thing I want to get Dr. Jan uh, here, and we want to talk more about the virus and her thoughts on the virus, how she got out, everything related to that. But since this hydroxy has become such a, now a massive global issue, and it's a firefight every day, and you have Dr. Fauci, and once again, remember, we consider to say about Dr. Fauci, he's a part of the president's team. We think there ought to be actually... He ought to be in the Oval every day briefing the president and the president ought to be, you know, directing him to do certain things. You know, Dr. Fauci, once again, I think is either moving the goalposts or comes back with these kind of generalizations that are not backed up by data, by science and by evidence. He, he's kind of when he talks, it's not an evidence based. So I want to go back to, to something that, you know, Dr. Yan has been telling us and other people, other whistleblowers and people coming out of China. What, Dr. Yan, and, to, to, and I realize it is anecdotal, but in your belief, Tell us what is going on with senior cadre members uh, that we know that you had connections to the CDC in Beijing, uh, senior cadre members uh, in the Chinese Communist Party, and why this thing is not has not spread to senior cadre members. Is it because they're using hydroxy? Yes, definitely. There are a lot of people in the government. I mean, they have to reach to some level to understand that hydroxychloroquine is useful and then they can take it. And also the same to the medical doctors and staff in the military hospitals and some big hospitals. But this information definitely didn't reach to everyone in mainland China, even for the medical staff, the high-risk staff. Because as how CCP government and WHO and their colleagues try to do, they want people to believe there is no drugs for COVID-19, no good drugs. They don't want you to know this, and they don't want you to overcome this. Because COVID-19 can make big damage to global uh, economic and uh, public health. If you know this, uh, how could they get the funding from the different kind of pharmacies and also vaccine development and all this in behind of that is a big benefit chain. So that's why they try to cover it up, try to mislead people even to lose a lot of people's life. So Steve, what we're seeing Jack, here- why don't you walk us through it? Through, you, you, yeah. yeah. I Take mean, us around the world. Where's this thing being? This thing's being used throughout the world right now. That's one of the reasons the death rates are, are, are in check in certain areas. Yeah, Dr. Yang, can you give us some example through your professional experience? I mean, you're now a freedom fighter here in America, but just three weeks ago, you were in the heart of this fight against COVID-19 at one of the best hospitals in the world. Can you give us some insight on where this is being used effectively around the world? I know India has had some great success. I've heard information that Taiwan has been using it very successfully yeah. on the sly and same with South Korea. Could you give us a little bit of a discussion about where you've seen it working around the world? And 
Actually, it's easy. Just recruit your scientific knowledge to analyze those papers which support the hydroxychloroquine and versus the against the ones. Just come to see how they choose the patient, how they define the cases from mild, severe, and all the conditions, the standard they recruited or excluded, and see the result, how they do the statistics. So the good quality papers is easy to be recognized. Also, that's why, well, not only me, I think like Dr. Stella and all the doctors who try to fight for the use of the uh, HCQ, we are angry about because some people, although they are professional, they have to hold the title, the position, they try to use their position to surprise the use of this effective drug to get people get pre prevention and also treatment. We see in India, we see in Egypt, this government has announced that they use it for early stage treatment and also prevention, and they get quite good success. And why in US, why in the other country, even include China, we don't get recommended. See what WHO has done. They said, oh, we should immediately stop the clinical trial about it. What else they have told about non-human to human transmission, right? It won't be an outbreak, right? Don't want to wear masks, right? They have done so much to carry it up, to twist your knowledge. Behind them is CCP. Wow. I think that pretty much just knocked it out of the park, Steve. She just went through basically the World Health Organization lied to us about human transmission. They lied to us about the mask. They're lying to us about HCQ, and they're taking their orders from the CCP. Let, let me, I just want to make sure we're very specific on this, is that there is a difference when you look at these studies. And, and I think where you're seeing a, a level of success is what I call as a prophylactic or preventative. And Jack, that's what you talked about, you and your mother taking, uh, Dr. Yan takes, uh, members of the COD, you know, the CCP take. Th there is a difference between after you have it or after you get it s severely like, um, like Herman Cain or other people and taking it as a prophylactic. Dr. Yan, in, in your opinion, as you've looked at the research and you looked at it throughout the world, do you see anything that comes back to you uh, that obviously it's all between your personal physician and yourself. That is what it has to be the touchstone. But is there anything about it being preventative or as a prophylactic that you've seen come up that causes you concern? Uh, because from the mechanism of this drug, first we can see this is a long-term drug, as I mentioned, for anti-malaria as both prevention and treatment. And this is for over 60 years use worldwide. And it's already recommended as a, a very useful drug for the autoimmune disease like lupus. And also this is useful for uh, pregnant people and also kid for long-term use. Just you need to come back to check your retinal pussy, which is a rare condition combined uh, after long-term use for some people. So you do the regular checking, it's okay. And this drug has been shown to be useful to anti-SARS back to 2005. And from the mechanism, you also can say that uh, because both SARS and the SARS-CoV-2 and even anti-immune disease, uh, autoimmune disease, they have something in common that's called uh, over-response from your immunity. Okay, back to SARS and SARS-CoV-2, we call it cytokine storm, which is rise and discovered by Prof. Uh, Matt Paris, who's the top coronavirus, and uh, also a uh, top coronavirus oncologist. Uh, and also this drug uh, from uh, this drug through the anti uh, 
cytokine storm uh, effect, they can help the people get protected because once you get infected by SARS-CoV-2, your immunity totally get messed up. They don't know which which part they should target, and this makes the downstream wild damage to all multi organs. And uh, the other side, uh, the uh, HCQ also is shown to ha can help you to uh, protect your. Uh, uh, kidney and also reduce the risk of thrombosis. These are and also yeah anti uh, anti uh, uh, the the lupus antibodies. So these are all the things damage can be caused by SARS-CoV-2. So HCQ here actually has a quite good effect and target different mechanism induced by the SARS-CoV-2. Also, Dr. Yan, I wonder talk to you about this idea as a physician, this idea of the Hippocratic Oath, right? First, do no harm. It seems to me that even if there is an optimistic kind of placebo effect that might be given to a patient from HCQ, even on that basis, I would recommend it being allowed to be uh, prescribed because it is so uh, benign compared to so many other drugs that we take. And we spoke earlier about the idea of Tylenol. Many, many people die every year from liver damage yes. from overuse of Tylenol. And we don't see anything like that with HCQ around the world, even in countries where it is sold over the counter, like in Africa, et cetera. Why do you think that the, there just seems to be, as a physician, and we'll leave the politics aside, why, why do you think there seems to be such anger about this drug on a global, on a global basis? I think you really need to ask them why do they try their best to stop the use of this drug. I mean, any drug has side effects. If you drink too much water, you will get problem, right? And in this such crazy situation, as I mentioned, this drug now can be shown as a I can say even it's the best drug at this moment for both prevention and treatment. Since we still don't have the vaccine, since we still don't have the universal magic drug to against SARS-CoV-2, why cannot we use it? Yes, it can cause some side effect. So we actually recommend people who have the cardiac problem to get the instruction from their doctors. But before that, you have to understand, you have to recommend this drug to even doctors, to let them understand how useful it is. They can use it to treat their patient and give, their protect, give them protection. So the side effect is not the reason you should stop this drug uh, at this moment. And if you want to take long term to do the double blind trial, yeah, I also recommend Dr. Fuchi to be the control group for possible. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And, you know, you're saying this, too. Look at the look at the vaccines that they have. Right. You've got Modena is going to do 30,000 people. But you know what their blind study on whether or not it protects you against COVID-19 is chance. We're hoping that one of those 30,000 people might get exposed and might prove that the vaccine works. This is really incredible. We've got Gottlieb sitting on the board of directors of Pfizer while slamming HCQ. Pfizer is betting the farm on being the uh, vaccine of choice for 7 billion people come Christmas. So all of this has to be paid attention to. This is a cheap drug, a positive influence for the world, and it seems that big farm is against it. Back in a minute. War Room. Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. 
The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room. Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Jack Maxey sitting in the War Room on Capitol Hill. This is episode 308, July 30th, War Room Pandemic. Back to you, Stephen K. Bannon. Look, the backbone of American capitalism is the entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial finance and the entrepreneurs are what's going to see us through this economic inferno. If you're an entrepreneur today, you need every tool in your toolbox. And the number one tool you need is NetSuite by Oracle. Oracle is the number one platform around. NetSuite's the number one platform for every entrepreneur, particularly if you want to get to the cloud. Go to NetSuite.com slash Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N today to get a tour of this software package plus your seven steps and action items every entrepreneur should be taking. You need to do it today. You saw the economic turmoil that was announced this morning. You need to get on top of this. If your entrepreneur, if your company's one million to a hundred million, you need this software package. Um, I want to go back to uh, I want to go back to something about these vaccines. And, and by the way, everything I've heard from Dr. Yan right now, Jack Maxey, the president of the United States has got to call in this interim head of the FDA and figure out how we're not getting an emergency use, use authorization immediately. We had one up to June 15th. What has changed since then? In fact, there's been more evidence, I think, has come out that says, particularly as a preventative and prophylactic, it works. And so it's an emergency use authorization. It's not saying it's permanent, but I don't understand why the administration is not taking direct action on this topic. It's now time for the FDA, and I think the president's got to get personally involved here. They ought to be at the White House today talking about this. You can save lives. You save American lives, American citizens' lives. There's some guy out last night that said, hey, we could have hundreds of thousands of more deaths. It's now time to get focused on every tool we have in the toolbox, including hydroxy. I think Dr. Yan lays out a very compelling, sensible case. Dr. Yan, I want to ask you about vaccines. There's all this running around trying to find a vaccine. Is the Chinese Communist Party holding back information about this virus? that came out of the Wuhan lab, according to you, and is not from nature, not from the bat, um, not directly from nature. Do you think that they're holding back information? Are they hurtling to try to get a vaccine before the United States and before the West so they then can say, hey, you have to kowtow to us to get the vaccine? Is that what's going on here? Uh, first, let me tell you that they hold on those information, real information like the origins of the virus, the SARS-CoV-2, and also how it really behaves. as. It's not because they really can't get the vaccine. It's just because they don't want the world to know how this virus actually is. And they want to postpone the response from the real scientific world or the people who really want to study the vaccine or the drugs to anti-COVID-19. That's their idea. But although they withhold this kind of information, I don't believe they can have the vaccine developed. And yeah, of course, they try to use this virus to let the whole world cotal to them, but they are not capable to develop such vaccine because first our, I mean, that CCP government never had developed any useful vaccine to the world. They try to get techniques and get outcomes from uh, the other countries, especially like U.S. and then go back, just copy paste to do something. What we have now, we have their 
patent as toxic vaccine, which induced a lot of problem to our Chinese citizens. And then again, they cover it up. So please don't trust they can get vaccine. That's also why back to the HCQ now, we have to use it as emergency things before we really have the good universal vaccine against the COVID-19. Wow. I mean, how do you okay, follow I, that another up? Question that our, yeah, another question our audience has, uh, Jack, consistently is that you were at the renowned P3 reference lab for the WHO uh, in Hong Kong. How did uh, you're saying that this uh, this uh, virus is is uh, man-made, did not come from nature? The question people have, if 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 Hong Kong's the reference lab, and you've got the WHO that's supposed to oversee all this, and the American people are putting in literally $500 million a year, I think, in, into this to, to make sure that WHO does their job. Why was there not more supervision of the Wuhan P4 lab? Why was there not more supervision to make sure that, you know, the Batwoman says, hey, it all came from nature. But why was the world not more engaged in overseeing exactly the experiments they were doing and exactly what they were doing to try to weaponize some of these viruses. What, what, why was the WHO not on top of this on a daily basis? Yeah, so first you should understand that everyone should understand the people who can uh, supervise this actually just based on small group of top experts like uh, Prof. Malik Perez, like the, uh, Prof. Diopong, as I mentioned, working in my WHO that lab. So these people, if they are scared, as I mentioned from the early beginning of the COVID-19, they are scared of CCP government. Also, they don't want to cross the red line. And also, when they know they don't cross the red line and they help CCP government, they can have huge benefit behind that, like become famous, become top, and other things behind I, I can't say why they didn't do anything to do it. And I as I know, this kind of corruption already happened for long term, as even back to the uh, like 10 years ago or some like uh, uh, former uh, General Secretary Margaret Chen stayed in WHO. That lady came from Hong Kong and she came back to our University of Hong Kong, tell us in a public speech that uh, she appreciate of CCP government and appreciate of problematic Paris to put her to that good position. I want to go back to uh, to one thing that a lot of our audience members have asked and I've heard around D.C. is go back. When did it come? When was it evident to you that this did not come from nature, that something was wrong here and it actually came from it was actually man made? What in your interaction with Beijing CDC and other authorities, not in the Hong Kong lab, but authorities in mainland China, when did it become evident to you and what evidence do you base that upon that this was not? did not come from a bat in a cave, did not come from the wet market, but there was something that actually came out of Wuhan, came out of the lab, and was something that was man-made. Walk us through that again. Okay, first, this is uh, actually is man-modified based on the nature bad coronavirus discovered by PLA, not totally man-made from the early beginning. So uh, these things I got understand since two, uh, two, uh, 2020, January uh, 17, uh, 16th, when I do the second secret investigation assigned by Supervisor Prof. Diopong, WHO consultant, to see what really happened in Wuhan now. 
and when I uh, harvest all the intelligence and information I got and analyzed and report to him, he has shown there she, he showed no response, and WHO showed no response about this uh, severe human-to-human -human transmission about the. Uh, uh, terrible things happened in Wuhan. So I know they are not trustful. And also back to the information about the genome sequence of this SARS-CoV-2. I also had this uh, discussed with my husband, who's also WHO coronavirus expert. And uh, he and me both uh, agree with that, that this virus actually, you just search into the NIH gene bank database, you can see the close origin of this SARS-CoV-2 is the PLA's Joshan bat coronavirus. And this is a very solid evidence, especially when you try to analyze it, compare the important segment and the protein uh, between this virus. And this as uh, like fingerprint can show the solid evidence this is from some modified uh, lab process and then become SARS-CoV-2. And uh, when I got this information, of course, at that time, I cannot trust CCP government. I cannot trust the Hong Kong government. I cannot trust this WHO and also my supervisor. That's why I turn to Mr. Luder, and I trust that is the only one trustful media at that time can help me to deliver this message to the world, to give the pressure back to CCP government, back to the WHO, and to help get uh, overseas real expert access to the Wuhan to do the on-site investigation. So that's how it happened. Dr. Yan, I want to ask you a quick question. When this is this you said when you first went to your supervisor, the very first time when you s began to have some questions, what was the response? They said, you want to be careful. You don't want to be disappeared. And you heard that two more times before you actually decided to flee. Am I right? Uh, yeah, the very early time is the first time from 31 December 2019 to 3rd January. For those days, I keep contact with my friend and with those people who work really on these things on the first line. And also, not only this, I have the evidence that when I turn back to Prof. Dio Peng, he also get direct contact to those people who had the first-hand information. And that's why since 3rd January, he asked me to suspend this kind of investigation because he said he directly contact and get more information from China CDC, those people. And also he said he need to protect these people because this is something uh, already we call red line now. And uh, he cannot let me know what really happened. And also at that time, it's the day Dr. Lee Wendell and the other people get punished. That's why there is an interval between 3rd January to my second assignment until 16th January. Oh, because they punished the doctors in Wuhan. Yeah, and then Prof. Diopong can directly get access to the first-hand information. So that's also why until mid-January, still no response and still the lies about the no human-to-human -human transmission stated by China government and WHO, I feel they still, uh, I cannot wait longer to let people know this information. Steve, you know what? Jack, Jack, Jack here's, the, here's the key point. No, Jack, Jack, hang on. From late January, from late December, when Taiwan, uh, when Taiwan CDC informed the WHO there was human-to-human -human transmission, what Dr. Yan's saying, her, her uh, uh, coordinating with uh, Beijing CDC to understand there was community spread and human-to-human -human transmission in addition 
by mid-January to knew that, know that this was man-modified. We know from England, from Southampton University, if the, if the Chinese Communist Party had just been truthful, if they had just been truthful and the WHO had done their job, 95% of the deaths and the economic destruction could all been avoided. In those two or three weeks, reasonable people, honest people knew the truth and this was suppressed. It was suppressed by the World Health Organization and it was suppressed by the Chinese Communist Party. That's the chain of title of their decisions. And that's why we need the 72 hours and the president of the United States has got to step up here. He's got to demand now that we see this. Look at what happened today in the American economy. Look at a thousand people a day still dying here. This is a complete outrage. We now know from Dr. Yan that the Beijing CDC knew about this. They knew about community spread. They knew about human to human transmission. And they knew that this is man modified. That was all known to everybody in the first couple of weeks of January of this year. Over six months ago, all of this could have been avoided. The problem is right there. We have to demand they're fully open that a consortium of people, not the WHO, but the top virologists and epidemiologists have to get into Wuhan. They have to get into China. They have to find out every deal about this. This is a total and complete outrage that the United States of America is sitting back on its heels and allowing this to happen. It's now our responsibility. It's our responsibility to step up for every citizen and to step up for every citizen of China in the rest of the world to demand answers and to break the Chinese Communist Party if they don't give them. Actually, sir, this is not only to save 90% of human beings and also the economic. This thing should be get avoided from the early beginning. I think any expert, any uh, scientist who has this knowledge can understand this is not from nature. We are coming back in just a minute. This is a packed session here. Dr. Yan going to come back with some more bombs in one minute. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. This is Jack Maxey, War Room Pandemic, episode 308. This is one of those shows that even as I'm hosting it, I don't want it to end because I am learning so much. We have Dr. Jan here for a few more minutes and then we're going to have Brian Colfage from We Build the Wall. Stephen K. Bannon, back to you. Okay, Dr. Yan, we got a couple of minutes here. Very, if you were put in charge, not that you would, but if you were put in charge of the team that was to go in and investigate this, this international consortium I still keep talking about in 72 hours, give the audience the two or three things you would demand to see, people to interview, what would be the leading things you'd want to see immediately? So I think we should check through all the talking record, including email, the deleted email, and all those texts. And I'm sure the, uh, the technique is high in, high enough to get some previous uh, even phone call record. We should see what they have been done through the whole COVID-19 and before that. And especially we should focus in on those top experts like Prof. Malik Paris, like uh, Prof. Shi Li, all these people, what they have been done before and after the COVID-19 outbreak. Why there are so many lies. I mean, as uh, researchers, it's easy to say this 
virus genome has something very weird and why so many scientists stand up to sign the answer that statement that oh we praise Chinese government's uh, fight uh, effort for anti-COVID-19 every world should every country should learn from them and also definitely this is come from nature why do they make up such lies and also we should go thoroughly to check the lab record to check all the virus they have stocked in their own uh, code room. I mean, as I can mention now, actually those code rooms are not under good supervision. I mean, top expert as I know, like Prof. Manic Paris, he has an individual big code room out of P3 and handled by yeah my husband, the WHO expert who now is helping them to uh, arrest me, try to keep me silent. So these people, they keep this code room for their clinical samples. And also I know they have done the illegal experience, uh, experiments in our P3 lab, like West Nile virus experiment at that time. And even my husband who handled it was very scared of. So all these things, even without record, I'm sure if they all we can open that lab, we can do the thoroughly uh, checking, even like General Chen Wei went to Wuhan uh, Institute, Virus Institute since February 2020, they destroyed the evidence. We still can see the things unusual. And based on this, based on all, all these fake news, all those lies made up, behind, uh, manipulated by CCP, WHO, this top expert, we definitely can understand what happened. And also the most important things is, I'm now preparing the very solid evidence just based on scientific evidence as CCP insists, right? You won't talk about science, let's talk about science. We just use science to say which side is right, which is truth. Let's talk about science based on the evidence. We need evidence, we need witness. We cannot let CCP silence everyone. Thank you. By the way, it's interesting. We'll talk about this tomorrow. But Dr. Malik, you know, uh, retired or he stepped down oh, yeah. in this process, which I think is very interesting. Leave his twenty-eight Yon, million. Thank you so dollar. much. Uh, really appreciate. From from Carrie Lang. <laughs> okay, we're at the four-minute mark here. So Steve. corrupt. Okay, hey. So I want to turn now to Brian Colfage. Brian's at the wall in El Paso. That magnificent wall you built down there. Against all odds, you and Tommy Fisher and the We Build the Wall crowd, so honored to be part of the uh, part of the movement to help out uh, to help President Trump trying to build the rest of the wall. Brian, you're doing another conference. We've had some big ones down there. Tell people what you're working on today down in El Paso, Texas. Well, we're taking to the fights to the streets, and uh, we're we're educating our politicians now. These are up up and coming rising stars um, of the conservative movement on what's going on with the border crisis. So we brought in uh, former chief ICE, uh, our former director of ICE, um, Chief Homan, and border patrol agents and citizens of El Paso to come speak to these candidates and congressmen and all just uh, state representatives as well and governors um, to give them information to go back to their, their towns and cities and, and fight for border protection and immigration. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a way for us to educate these politicians on the truth of what's really going on. Um, and it's a great event. Um, you know, we have a rising star, Madison Cawthorn, down here. And, um, you know, it's going to be great to have him fighting for us in D.C. And, you know, he's one of my, my favorite guys that I've got to meet. And I think uh, it's going to be great to have him fighting for us and fighting for this border wall in D.C. 
real uh, real quick update. Tell us about that. We took a direct hit on the on the wall down on the Rio Grande. Uh, it, there's been a lot of controversy on the uh, on Twitter about that. Last time I looked, it looked like that wall yeah. was standing tall. What happened? Yeah, well, uh, th- that border wall in Mission, Texas, took a direct hit from a Category 1 hurricane, direct over the eye wall. Uh, there's some pretty devastation throughout the community, buildings knocked over, mass flooding, places completely destroyed. But the border wall stood. Everyone said it was going to fall over. It didn't fall over. It had some minor er- erosion. And, of course, the liberal media is saying... Uh, the wall could fall from the erosion, but it's, it's nothing that can't be fixed with a few wheelbarrows and some workers in a day. Um, it's, it's being fixed now, but the wall stood through the hurricane. There's no issues, but, uh, you know, it's minor compared to what happened in the local community. And the media should be fo- focusing on helping the communities recover, especially the people who lost so much. But instead, they're, they're focusing on some dirt that's on the other side of the wall uh, that eroded. Hey, Brian, real quickly, how do people get access to the conference that's going down there? How do they get to the We Build the Wall website? I know people want to watch when you got all these top uh, officials from uh, from ICE and from the Customs and Border down there schooling our, our next generation politicians. How do people get access to it? Yeah, right now it's not live. Um, we're, we're recording it, and then we're going to put it up on uh, you know, our social media. So you can go to our, our Facebook pages at We Build the Wall, or you can go to our YouTube at We Build the Wall or even our website, webuildthewall.us, and we'll have that on there um, in the next few days, and you guys can, can play it at your convenience. You're an American patriot, brother. I'll tell you, you inspire me every day. I just I can't I can't tell people how hard you work, how dedicated you are. Have a great day down right, there. Well, Wish we were with you. Thanks for having board. me on. Thank you. Okay, brother. Jack, this has, been a, this has been one of the most classic shows you've ever had. It's ripped for the last two hours. I got to tell you, I can't thank Luda. Dr. Yan enough. It's just amazing. The inspiration we get from these freedom fighters that have left communist China to spread the word of freedom throughout the world is just so inspiring. You see Brian Kofrach on the border. Folks, we're actually winning. Victory begets victory. We're winning more every day. Just put your shoulder to the wheel. Okay, guys, we're just about out. Another show tomorrow. Don't miss it. We're keeping you ahead of the curve while we try to flatten this curve and put the world back to work.